0: Main Street to Wall Street, global business celebrity and former Fortune 100 C-suite executive Jeffrey Hazlett takes you inside the good, the bad and the ugly of businesses today. Saddle up. It's time for all business with Jeffrey Hazlett.
1: We all want to be successful in business and life, but there's a lot more standing in our way than we know. At work, It might be the people on your team, all those captains of no. While you might be getting along with your coworkers, some of them might be holding you back. In his latest book, Work That Counts, Richard Lee identifies the three problems in every organization and how to fix them. Richard has worked with some of the biggest companies in the San Francisco Bay Area to develop leaders and help them grow. Richard, welcome to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett.
2: Great. Thank you very much, Jeffrey. Glad to be here.
1: Well, it's good to have you here. Now, we've all heard of the business advice, lead, follow, or get out of the way. You know, what do you think is missing? What's missing in that statement?
2: Well, it's a very interesting statement. We've all heard it. We can all finish it, lead, follow, or we all know what follows, correct? Yeah. And I can't help but remember, this was decades ago. I was with a uh, CEO and his top team in a Saturday morning meeting. And, uh, you know, people come in, these are competent, capable people. And the CEO got frustrated with a, the progress that he thought they weren't making. And at one point, he said, lead, follow, or get out of the way. And I was modestly offended by it at the time, but I couldn't articulate why. And then I realized that the real challenge is not lead, follow, or get out of the way. Certainly, there's a place for leading and following. But get out of the way suggests if you disagree, stay quiet. Or just kind of move on. Yeah, right. But the real challenge is, is lead, follow, or lead with other capable, talented people. And leading with is what this whole concept is about. I like to refer to it as collaborative leadership as well at all levels in an organization.
1: Do you think there's a big change going on about the way employers look at their employees today and the way in which we have to operate as teams? I mean, people talk about this millennial, you know, group that's come up and they're much more touchy feely, if you want to use those words. But you think there's a big, you know, uh, realization amongst leadership that it's changed?
2: Well, that's a very interesting question. When I embarked on this project a few years ago uh, on this book, I first ran it past people who were in their early 30s because I wanted to see is this relevant how, how does how does this fit today because I know I know my world right but I didn't know theirs quite as well and what I'm finding is that that age group actually kind of 30s 40s is very very receptive to these ideas they're 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 finding out when we talk about you know kind of this idea of where how to get the fuel to be able to take action and drive decisions that they resonated with it immediately. So it's, I, you know, I think one of the main differences is there's this desire to have more flexibility in work, which COVID yeah. in a way gave them. And for many, work is less center of their life than perhaps other generations. But, you know, it's hard to speak in such generalities, of course. But um, I'm finding that they want to do the right thing, they they want to make a difference. And that, wanting to make a difference is the core to all of this. In a complex organization, that's what's so challenging.
1: Well, and change needs to happen. In fact, I say that you know COVID didn't cause the change, but it accelerated the change that needed to be in business. And I think that's a key thing. So you say there are three problems in every organization. What are those three problems?
2: Yeah, yeah, I see them. And again, I've worked in probably 200 different tech organizations, including banking and healthcare. I'm uh, manufacturing and and I f- see the same three over and over and over, over again. The first one is somehow people need to get this fuel to take action and drive decisions. Without that fuel, things come to a standstill.
1: You mean permission? Not, well, it's
2: it's I, I, it's in the bucket of empowered relationships and empowerment. So it's a reasonable degree of autonomy. Mm-hmm. So it's not permission per se. But it's that ability to 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 feel that they have the supportive environment to take action and drive decisions commensurate with their capability and talent and the situation and all those dynamics shift. And largely that fuel comes between that team leader and that team member, the manager and the direct report. And that's a dynamic situation. That's the first one. I
1: like the way you say that. I kind of I've always referred that as air cover. You know, like yeah, when so I, I stepped into a company to drive change because that was my job at Kodak. Yeah, I just yeah. said, "You, hey, boss, you got to give me the air cover because yeah, they're yeah. going to be coming at me every which way.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So that air cover is part of it. And the, the other part of it is just simply I'm in a room. I'm trying to figure out what I'm supposed to work on today. And I've got you know, I'm a professional in an organization. I've got more to do than I can conceivably do and I'm making choices. And hopefully there's a, now we're getting into the next one around alignment, but you know, hopefully there's an executive strategy and vision in place that people understand. And yet still, I'm going to have to decide what I want to do and take action to do it. So it's, it's that reasonable degree of autonomy. And the problem is, is that most people think of empowerment as absolute authority. Well, nobody is going to get absolute authority in any complex organization because everything's interconnected. And so it's that interconnectedness that creates
0: those issues.
1: Let's come back to the yeah. other. Let me come back to the other two points. I need to yeah. take a quick break, and I'll be right back sure. after
0: this message. Yeah. C Suite Radio.
1: Hey, we are back right here on LinkedIn and Facebook as we're going live with all business with Jeffrey Hazen. Of course, I'm talking to the author of the book Work That Counts, Richard Lee, out of the Bay Area, and we're talking about how to empower your workforce and change things the way they are. All right, you said there were three. Uh, we talked about three problems, or. What are the other two? Yeah, yeah.
2: So that first one is that fuel to take action and drive decisions. Second one is that people somehow need to be able to individually and collectively choose to do the right thing. Now, choosing to do the right thing for their broader team, not just for that myopic team to whom they report. So what I've found is most people in most organizations identify more so with that immediate team to whom they report rather than that broader team, the organization. So this is about aligning to do the right thing for what I ultimately call our real team. And then the third one has to do with, well, how do we partner effectively with others in and across teams to achieve goals? So think of this as playing in the sandbox. How do we play in that sandbox to get done what we need to get done, but actually collaborate with others rather than just pushing our ideas upon them? And so, this collaboration in and across teams is uh, is that third key uh, mindset that I have found are really the three key areas that are most critical to enable people to make a difference in complex
1: organizations. I've always found it with working with teams or working with people who are supposed to be leading that and that sometimes they don't have all those skills or they don't have all three of those <laughs> yeah. mindsets. Yeah. They got, yeah. they got maybe two, but one of them's weak. What what happens when one or two of those is weak?
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it can be catastrophic. Mm. So think of the airline industry and the major airline that produced a, uh, an airliner that had some safety mechanisms that were optional, but somebody groups decided that that was the good, the, the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know, look at look at the consequences of that. Yeah, somebody look
1: somebody at, made a decision that said that was OK. Someone yeah. didn't stand up and say, whoa, 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 this is wrong.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then and I think of, you know, testing and some of the other aspects of covid relief, you know, how we handle that and how we could have in retrospect down the road. So what we ultimately need to be able to do is um, figure out. What's the right thing for that broader team, our real team? It uh, it reminds me of a of a program I did years and years ago, and we had as an opening simulation for it. We'd have 60 or 70 people come to this event, a two or three day event, and and it, it would be around actually how to save the world from a virulent virus. <laughs> and we had these people in six person teams uh, working on this. It was like an hour simulation. Well, at the end of it, we'd ask, well, how would you rate yourself as a team? And almost everybody would say, oh, a nine or a 10. And they just barely, barely finished the thing. And and then I'd say, well, what was the real team here? And all of a sudden the light bulbs would go on that the real team was all of us. It wasn't our 6 person team. And we needed all of us in order to conquer this thing. So one of the key actions and skill sets under a line to do the right thing is consider your real team. It's bigger than you think. And so we want to consider that real team. It's bigger than you think relative to our target. What's our goal? What's our objective? I'm working with a nonprofit organization right now. And it has to do with um, helping boys and girls of, of uh, poor background succeed. And they need to work with school systems. They need to work with police. They need to work with parents. They, their real team is much broader than that simple organization if they want to achieve their objective. So in organizations, it's similar. And on the broadest level, it's enterprise. But in healthcare, it's the patient. It's it's who is our real team here that we need to get on the same page in order to be productive. And it ultimately comes down to those three buckets. I've got to have the fuel, to take action, drive decisions. I've got to align and I've got to partner. So if we don't have that fuel, we get the ready and waiting. Everything comes to a standstill. If we don't have the uh, the alignment, we get the chaos maker all over the map. And if we don't have a collaboration, we get the alienator. They're ticking people off left and right. Don't even know it. At a minimum, they're not taking advantage of the power of the team.
1: All right. Well, here's the billion dollar question. All right. Now we got uh, with with COVID and we've realized, oh, we can work from home and we can work remote a little bit. Not everybody, because by the way, let's be clear for those that are watching, listening right now, there are some people who should not work from home. Okay, yeah. I mean, there are some people who need to have that interaction and must have interaction and need the—I don't know if the word supervision, but leadership on an ongoing basis. They yeah. just don't. We and I've got some of those employees too. So, but <laughs> with with all of that, how do you get them all in sync? Yeah, get, I mean that's a that's a big, huge
2: challenge. It's a huge challenge, and so one of one of the the other ideas under alignment. I've got four key skills under each of these three mindsets. Is uh, think GPS for context. You know, we all go outside, we've okay. got our... What's that, what's that, mean?
0: Yeah, what's yeah,
2: that mean? So we've got our, our phones, it goes up to yeah. multiple satellites, it tells us exactly where we are. So the key is, we need to be present and inquiring with others around us in terms of what they're working on, how it fits with us. We need to be really vigilant on interdependencies. And, and context is everything when it comes to alignment. I did, you know, hundreds and hundreds of these executive offsites with teams around Get, helping them get on the same page in terms of what were key priorities and strategies for the next fiscal year. And what I found is it wasn't any one person. It wasn't the slide deck. It was the discussion that counted. It was that discussion of, you know, Jeffrey, if we were thinking about how to do this show, you'd, you'd have your ideas. Andy would be throwing his idea. I'd be throwing in my ideas. And collectively, everybody's getting a broader shared understanding of the picture and from that are then able to make wiser decisions. So it's not that everybody's going to hit a home run and make the exact right decision every time, but they're going to make better decisions and more likely they'll make better decisions. That's the key.
1: I like that. And by the way, Richard mentioned Andy. He's the voice in the back. He's our producer. So that's... uh Thank somebody you. that we work with on the show here every single day it may, it makes things happen. He may, he does the magic. I'm just the eye candy. He's the guy behind <laughs> the work, right? All right. So, Rich, I have to ask you: Do you think working from home has helped collaboration, or has it exploited weaknesses in the organization?
2: Well, I'll tell you: I think it's probably both. To tell you the truth, I know uh, many in, you know many introverted uh, players who are uh, extremely competent. Uh, some of them are just loving being able to work at home. And, and be able to manage their uh, connectivity with others uh, in, a, in a kind of a more concise way. My take is most people are missing that they'd like to spend at least two or three days a week yeah. live with others. But I don't think it's ever going back to full five days a week. I think it's going to be probably two or three days a week.
1: For some people, it will. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a little bit, I think you've got some people on one side that they'll never go back in the office. You've got others who will be there every minute of the day who were there with a mask or without a mask every single day. And then you're going to have that, that middle ground, which I think is the real, the real core of everybody.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So what's interesting is right now we're, we're doing our training program work that counts in and across teams with a virtual live zoom concept. And then where they're doing breakout groups on their own with zoom and, um, You could make a case that that's more powerful than a face to face. Yeah. And I think people are going to want both. But I do think we're going to we live in a hybrid world that we're going to continue living in.
1: Well, I mean, I the the stuff that we did with uh, the C-suite network and putting people we did daily meetings, weekly meetings. And I had people tell me it got them through the d- darkest days of COVID. Yeah, you know, yeah. In terms of th- driving and thriving, I said, "Look, cut this crap yeah. out about surviving. We're not surviving. We're going to drive right. and thrive. This is the time to push the pedal down and make it happen." So, yeah. Let me, yeah. One of the things I that I like that you've got in the book is one skill that you promote is embrace the tension. I love yeah, tension. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. I think healthy tension is a very good thing and healthy yeah. debate. So, how and why should we do that? And is there enough? Tension at work. I mean, isn't there already a lot of it already there?
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's this thing of when we get more tension in a work setting or at home, people go two ways. One is they try to bully their way forward, or they just say, you know, whatever. Like, you know, I've had enough. (laughs) Right. And, and, and my take is, is that if we want breakthroughs, if we're really looking for clever new ways to do things that really give us an opportunity, we have to fight our way through that. We have to we have to embrace it and then use all that energy to to get to the other side. So they're really simple things that we can do to help And well, anybody. Richard, it's
1: kind, yeah. kind of like when we were at, back in high school. If we, you and I can remember those days. But, <laughs> you know, we had that coach that would always say, do it. You know, we were exhausted after laps or something like that. And we're like laying on the ground heaving. And then he says, <laughs> do another one. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. And, yeah. and And you, you think, oh, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And then yeah. you, you were able to do it and you didn't die. Right. 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 That's, that's what so, I think so, leaders should do for you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I remember doing this project at this one company where we overhauled the performance management system. And I, I, was, I was leading that project. And we had people from all the best companies in the world in that room from five or 10 of them anyway. And everybody's apt to say, well, here's what we did at this company. Here's what we did at this company. And I try to say, well, let's, that's great, but let's try and do something special here. You know, we're, I know we're all getting a little tired, but there's something better. There's something better than you did at that company and you did at that other company. There's something better. We're almost there. Let's hang in there. Let's kind of get over this top. And it's just amazing what people can come up with when they have that space. And yet you can't go on forever, right? So you yeah. also have to have this governor on it or whatever of... Yeah, we kind of got there. Or the really nice thing about this is iteration. And to be able to say something like, man, I think we're all worn out. Let's think on it just tonight. Let's get together tomorrow morning at nine and let's nail this. And we'll come up with some better ideas tonight.
1: Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back after this. We're talking about work that counts with Richard Lee. We'll be right back.
0: C-Suite Radio.
1: Hey, we are back and we're live casting on LinkedIn and Facebook as we bring you all business with Jeffrey Hazel right here on C-Suite Radio and now C-Suite TV. So glad to have you join us. Don't forget, tell your friends all about the show and all about C-Suite Radio, C-Suite TV. That's how we grow. And it's where business is heard every single day and where you watch business every single day. That's all about C-Suite TV, C-Suite Radio. Talking with Richard Lee on work, work that counts. And I think this is a great, great topic. And you've talked about about the three mindsets in the book, you often refer to starters for each of the mindset. Can you give an example of that?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like let's say you're, um, find a fine tune that empowered relationship to get that fuel, to take action and drive decisions. When we talk about, well, what can that team leader say, or what can that team member say in their normal one-on-one meetings or whatever to help get that thing going? And, uh, something that team member could say to his or her Manager, might be. Is there anything more that I could do to build your confidence that I could really run with this project? Well, that's a starter. So they don't. We don't offer any of the other scripting of it. But it's nice to have some words that somebody can use. Or if I'm if I'm the team leader, uh, the manager of it, I might want to say, you know, is there anything more that I could do to help to help you take this on in a way that you can have the autonomy that you desire. Is there anything more that you need from me? So what we do with this whole empowerment space, which is different is we look at it, what does that team leader need to do to be more empowerable, to, to ultimately let go and kind of lift up? And what does that team member need to do to be more empowerable? I, I might've said that wrong to, for the team leader to be more empowering yeah. and for that team member to be more empowerable, to step up and earn it. Uh, but it, it, that's an example, and I find those are really critical to help people get this stuff to to make it more actionable.
1: Well, we know where you were going with it; that's for sure. Let me ask you about <laughs> this one too. Hey, I've got verbal dyslexia, so I always mess <laughs> things up. So, luckily, my listeners and the and the followers that we have uh, let me do that. Hey, let me ask you a question. Uh, when one minute left, how's this help you on the personal side? Well, because, I mean, you can't separate them. You really can't. No,
2: you really can't. You know, I I. I think of people think think of the single parents out there that are struggling with school teachers and their kids in school. How do you handle that? Or um, parents who are trying to figure out uh, how to save enough? Are we spending too much? Are we saving enough? Um, Where are we going to go for vacation? Are we going to do a remodel? Uh, People who have roommates. These three issues happen over and over and over again. Now they'll happen to different degrees and nobody wants to have a management atmosphere at home, but we can talk about the roles we might have in a, in a family or home situation. Um, Are those the right roles? How can we empower each other? How can we get more on the same page? How do we want to raise our son or daughter? How do we want to deal with our parents? How do we get on that same page And, and how do we have discussions and dialogue Via the collaboration end of this, in a way that is respectful and yet candid, and actually is done in a way that offers space to get a resolution to it, rather than just lock ourselves into corners. So all of it really applies really well.
1: I I I want to add one more question, real quick. Yeah. One word. What's the biggest thing that gets in the way of people doing work that counts? Do you think? What's of one the word? biggest thing? Yeah,
2: I would bet fear. Oh, Ooh, I'm fear with you there. Yep. of either not stepping up to the way that they want or fear of if I do this, I'm going to get somehow my reputation, something is going to be at risk.
1: Yeah, even from the leader's fear of letting go, Let your folks yeah, go and it, do it, you know? Absolutely. Oh my gosh, this is my baby, right? It's my All baby. Right. Hey, Richard Lee, we're talking about work that counts. Thank you so much for giving us of your time and your wisdom today, your insights. We appreciate it so much. And thanks for being right here on All Business with Jeffrey Hazel. Thank you, Jeffrey. It was great being with you. Hey, at the end of every show, I like to talk about what I learned. You know what? The biggest thing that gets in the way, it's one of the four or five things I say that stops groups from being able to be great companies. Number one, fear. Right. We're afraid. That's a normal kind of thing. We're human humans. That's how we evolved. You know, we were we were afraid of that um, with that woolly mammoth or something. And our our pre ancestors ran faster than the other guy because they got the jump on him. Right. So that's what it is. It's all there. It's been in us forever. So fear. But it's only one Two seconds and it's over and then you're ready to take it on. So move past the fear, move past it and you'll get to a better place. That's what I learned right here on All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett.